This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Have you been to a work happy hour lately? Standing around making awkward conversation with your coworkers while Doug from accounting sits in the corner getting sloshed? Well, today's entrepreneur thinks he has a better option. So imagine instead of going to a happy hour, you're actually able to go to a really fancy kitchen and participate in a cooking competition. Or instead of a pizza party, you're able to learn how to fly a drone and you're able to fly it through an obstacle course to see who wins. Ryan Husk says that experiences like these help keep millennials happy in the workplace and make them more likely to stick around for longer. And that's kind of a big deal because according to Gallup, millennial job hopping costs U.S. companies more than $30 billion every year. That's why Ryan started Culture Force to help fix this problem. But in today's pitch, Ryan will have to prove to investors that he's not just a glorified party planner. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. Today's investors are... Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital, where they've invested $98 million so far in high-profile startups like Uber. Charles Hudson. Charles started Precursor Ventures, which has invested $20 million in over 100 startups to date. Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million. And now, he invests for himself. Phil Nadell. As a serial entrepreneur, Phil built companies that sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Now he manages one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. All right, on with the pitch. Hi guys, my name is Ryan Husk. I'm the founder and CEO of Culture Force. I'd like you guys to think about the closest relationships in your life, your family, your friends, your significant others. And imagine that they only showed you appreciation just once a year. Or maybe it was a couple times a year, but it was always the same thing, like happy hour at Applebee's. I don't want that. I don't think that you guys want that. So why is that the standard that we have for companies and employees? Companies are struggling to connect with and maintain millennial talent. In that effort, they're trying to create experiences. Ryan says that these companies are desperate for more meaningful, substantial experiences that build community at work. They just have trouble finding them. That's where Culture Force comes in. We've created an online platform where companies can go to find engaging and unique events and activities to help meet the needs of their employees and increase retention. So imagine, instead of going to a happy hour, you're actually able to go to a really fancy kitchen and participate in a cooking competition. Or instead of a pizza party, you're able to learn how to fly a drone and you're able to fly it through an obstacle course to see who wins. That's what we do. We aggregate all of those local resources into one place so that companies can find the right experience for their team. Ryan actually brought in a sample experience for the investors to try out. It's an arts and crafts project with an assortment of googly eyes, pom-poms, pipe cleaners. The investors are supposed to use these to decorate little popsicle stick robots. And by the way, the robot's main feature seems to be the ability to bounce around noisily on the table. 
So you might hear a bit of that in this pitch. And so what I'd like to challenge you guys to do is take two or three minutes and build a robot, make it look how you feel on the inside if you're a kid at heart. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make one of Jillian's. So what you guys are doing right now, it's a scaled down version of a total experience. The whole experience lasts about two hours. Experiences like these have been pretty successful for Culture Force so far. We've gone from less than $500 in gross revenue to over $45,000 in booked gross revenue just this last month. Our customers love us. We're working with companies like Uber, like Google, Facebook, and what they're telling us is that they want more. So we're raising $750,000 so that we can take this platform, scale it, meet the demand, and take advantage of this incredible opportunity in front of us. It's great. And what valuation are you going to be at? Uh, We're raising a $6 million cap, but that's negotiable. So there are a lot of experienced platforms out there, and they seem to be growing. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is yours different? What are you providing the customer that they can't get otherwise? So what happens is that they come to us wanting to know, what should we do? We connect them to, we send them to like three different links that we think are relevant to what they're doing. So there's this little bit of service aspect to it. It's just a light personal touch. In terms of differentiation, one thing that we do that is extremely different from any of our competition is that we're actually tracking metrics to understand the internal level of employee satisfaction over time while doing these events, in addition to productivity and engagement. Tell us a little bit about the math here on the business. Like, what do they pay you for? Do they just pay you to set them up at the event? So what we do is we work with vendors that provide the experience. So we're um, taking a percent of each transaction. Our standard structure is 20% discount from the vendor, 10% markup to the client. We just tell them that instead of paying like an hourly fee for our services, they're just paying a little bit more. The time that we save them, they feel like that's completely valuable. When I just look at your, let's say, the month of $45,000 of bookings, yeah. how much of that money is yours, or is that the net to you? Uh, so that's our gross. So we take 30% of that. Okay, so you're a party planner. We connect them with vendors that facilitate the entire experience. But you're a party planner. Experience planner. No, he, they're not doing the party. We're making the no, connection. It's just, and the, you, and so the, you're not even the party planner. You, you, you connect them to connection. the party planner. We connect them to the experience that they're looking for, which in most cases isn't a party. It's typically something like, like I mentioned, learn how to fly a drone, cooking right. classes, learn to make sushi. Exactly. Okay, you're an, you're yeah. an event planner. No, they're not even, they're not planning. They're They're just cataloging. They're providing a catalog of experiences that teams can participate in, correct? No no more than a booking platform is a hotel. Right. So you're a booking platform for events? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Michael's issue seems to be that Culture Force sounds like just a concierge service that helps people book stuff, like a travel agent. And he wants to know, how does that scale to be a big business? But what's the, okay? Um, so what's the technology? Yeah. Do we have something patentable? What's the moat? So what, what, I think what is, like like any booking platform, you're not necessarily going to be able to. You, your differentiator isn't necessarily going to be in the technology. The platform is what makes it really effective for you to scale. And we're talking to some of our larger companies about building an internal platform for their team so that they can log in and choose from. So what have you done on your events. platform that is so different and is so amazing? What have you coded? What have your data scientists done? So. I'm I'm te- I'm the technical leader in the company right now. Okay. In addition to business development, so what we've done is we've tried to be incredibly scrappy. We've I've built custom code on top of Shopify, 
So the platform itself is not something that is going to differentiate, differentiate us but right now. But you just now. told me it did differentiate you. No, no, I, it will. Okay, so to step back, like you, you haven't built the technology yet. We've we built a platform for companies to make requests and connect them with vendors. There's okay. obviously going to be a roadmap, including features that we mm-hmm. want to build as we address more of our clients. Um, I if we were if we had that platform built right now, we probably wouldn't be here. So why is this a venture backable deal? Why isn't this just a lifestyle business for you? Like what? Like this is not a software company. This is not a tech company. This is not a big data company. This is not any of that. Why do we even need to raise money? Like you're just, you're not. You don't have to. What, wait, what technology? What yeah, are you building? Why are you like, why it? you're just yeah. making a catalog? So, I think that if you look at different plat, there's there's a lot of different platforms that are out there where you can find events and activities, bookings, whether it's travel or um, hospitality. So, what we want to do is we want to build a platform that becomes the go-to resource for companies that are looking to build their culture. And that starts with events and activities because that's a budget that already exists and it's the biggest pain point but, for people but, in those but companies. With, but with respect, that, you're, you're not going to build a company's culture. Okay, hold on. Well, I've, 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 built, I've built companies, okay? I built my last company had 400 people and you giving us an event would not build our culture. It would be nothing to do with it. It would deepen the connection. So maybe no, you have it, to change yeah, the it, messaging. It would be for 1% of the time. If culture could be made by me going to a catalog and letting the staff go out to a few fun events once or twice a year, everybody would just do that because that'd be the cheapest way to build culture. Culture is built with 75 things. One of those 75s may be this infrequently. It doesn't have anything to do with really building culture. I mean, I've done it. it it's just not true. I mean, I I understand the position you're coming from, and it sounds like the experiences that you have aren't really designed to improve the relationship. Have you ever run a company, like a big one? Have you ever oh, run hundreds of employees? No, no, I want, I, want, I want to know where it's coming from. Let me no, ask. Yeah, have, you ever, have you ever done this? Have you ever had well, 100 staff? Can you staff? tell us your background? Oh, so, so my background is from a technical side. I used to work for Apple. Okay. So I started on the technical side. I moved into business development. Mm-hmm. Okay. I worked in leadership on the team. When I started sort of dabbling in experiences was when we had ongoing training with our team members. Mm-hmm. And I was responsible for that. And everyone got a little pamphlet. And we had to read through it. And it was awful and excruciating. And no one liked it. Oh and so gosh. what... I created were experiences within that to help right. them build and engage. Yeah, I, I, I guess small, my argument, the, the way you frame the company is that you're here to save culture. But culture, the things we have to do with staff is like so many more things than getting yes. together and glue gunning things. I, I totally agree. There's a whole huge opportunity for companies to not only have experiences like events and activities. We're going after that because that's one, that's that's where a huge need is. And as we get in with these companies and they see the value that we're contributing to improving, like saying, hey, as, as it turns out, as you've done more experiences, mm-hmm. there's a 10% uptick in your likelihood to recommend working for the company from this team. That's measurable value to Because them. of these team activities. Because of the team activities that they're doing. Mm-hmm. This pitch has been an uphill battle from the start. Ryan is still trying to prove to the investors that his business is even a good idea. When we come back, Ryan tries a radically different approach and things get personal. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. 
And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies that fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Ryan may have convinced the investors that the experiences Culture Force helps provide can actually improve company culture. But there's one more piece that's mission critical to investors. Here's Jillian. So here's the thing. I'm not doubting the value to the company, to tell you the truth. The flip side of this is, is that I still don't know the differentiator, the real driver here. So why you... We are one of the only companies that looks at specifically corporate events. Airbnb is great. They cap out for their experiences, usually around 10 people, sometimes 15. And when you're looking at teams at these companies, they're usually 20, 30, 40. Sometimes, you know, we did something for Western Digital that was 3,000 people. The other thing is we show them the return on investment. The value is that we bring it all together for stuff that's relevant for companies. Because if you go on Airbnb or if you go on Groupon, if you go on these other places, those aren't curated for companies. As I was going to say, we've made a fair number of investments in booking platforms. And so I think the best ones really remove friction. And it sounds yeah. to me like, if I understand correctly, the real friction here is discovery for both sides. Is that fair? It's like you have quality vendors on the side who can't seem to make their way to connecting with customers. Mm -hmm. You have customers that want high quality experiences and they can't find each other. And this is a booking platform that's primarily about discovery. Is that that a fair articulation? Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. I just wanted to make sure I understood it Yeah, instead of going to, you know, all these different websites, these searches, making phone calls to get a quote, waiting to hear back, who was this person that just gave me a quote back? We're saving them a lot of time. And I was going to say the other thing that most of the really good booking platforms we've been a part of, yeah. they get somehow involved in the the workflow, whether yeah. it's collection of payments, mm-hmm. you know, collection of information about the people, actual execution, billing. Like, where do you think you can remove more? Because I, I worry if it's discovery only, yeah. that ends up being like, oh, I found Joe's, Joe's, drone. Joe's drone flying place. I did it last time. I'm just going to call Joe this next time because yeah. I, don't, I don't need to go that back works. through the platform. So that's, that's a really, that's, that's right. a, huge. a huge area that we focus on actually. So one thing, so there, you're, there's two sides of it, right? Yeah. So like what's the value to the vendor and what's the value to the company? Mm-hmm. So let's start with the company. They can come to us. They can see a whole different variety and it makes it easy. The other thing is we go through these companies, we get certified as a um, preferred vendor from them, which makes the process for rebooking through us 10 times simpler. On the opposite side of that, by being a preferred vendor, we get paid much faster than our vendors do. They don't get paid sometimes for months after they provide their experience. We get them paid before. And so they're incredibly appreciative because they don't have to worry about how long is it going to get for us to be paid. I would have loved to have known that 20 minutes ago. We've been going around in circles, not talking about... The vendor experience. And so like I... I was on the verge of tuning out on this pitch, I'll be honest with you, because I was like, I just wasn't, wasn't hearing value. what I wanted about the value on both Not sides just of the me, market. You see? <laughs> okay, sorry, continue. Like, okay. where are you at there? No, I, and that's like, great feedback, by the yeah, way. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I should have touched on that earlier. And, on. and I think it's just, if I were pitching the business, I would flip it and yes. I would say, here's all the benefits we unlock for the vendor. 
And by the way, when we do this, companies have these really successful events and then it impacts culture because I think we spent 20 minutes, the two of you having a very spirited debate about like, do events impact culture as opposed to talking about the business? And I would have rather spent that time talking about the the merits of the, the business. So I'm going to pass. So Charles is out, but Ryan keeps things moving, opting for a softer approach. Well, let me let me just share a little bit for you guys. So, you know, I think that there's a lot that we get to learn as a company as we grow. And what I'm pitching today is not going to be the same company sure. in a year or even six months. And I want to share with you a little bit of a personal story. Um, so we were on the cusp of raising our angel round. We actually were able to complete the raise. We did $160,000. Um, and in that same week, we were a four-person team. I lost all three of my employees. And so in June, when we started making money for the very first time, we made gross revenue, transacted $26,000. That month was me. It was just me on my own. Wow. It was the hardest thing I've ever been through. It cost me my marriage. Oh. Um, he He wasn't able to... Support you. It was very hard for him. It wasn't necessarily life that he signed up for. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's tough. It's it's hard. You know, we can't predict what's going to happen in the future. But what I can predict is that I know that I'm building a product that people love and that they want. And that it's there's demand coming in that we right now can't accommodate because we need to build a sales team. We need to automate the platform. We need to grow our customer success team. And so you guys are absolutely right. This is early. But this is an opportunity where we can execute on people who are so passionate about this that they're calling us saying, hey, we we want this. Hey, we want this. This might be early, but this is the opportunity that we have to execute on. And we need it. We, we need help to do it. We need people who have experience in marketplaces, people who have experience in booking platforms. And the right people are going to make this an amazing company. I'd like you to consider... Is the founder behind this company willing to do anything to get it off the ground? And is that someone that you want to invest in who can generate $26,000 gross with just himself? I thank you very much for being honest and sharing that. I, You know, all of us have been on these roads where there's sleepless nights, anxiety, and I don't think people appreciate how few people should actually do what you're doing. People don't talk about the anxiety and even the even the mental pain and stress and illness that it causes. It's tremendous. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. Uh, and those those journeys are really common, but it's something our whole community doesn't talk about as much. But um, I think you are a bettable person. But let me give you some advice just straight from a business point of view. You're a bettable guy. You're obviously passionate. What if you didn't have to grow that quickly? What if you took a step back for a second and thought about? how to do a bunch more months at 15, 20, 25,000 with just you and maybe one other person to really start understanding this business a little better. Actually, I'm going to tell you something you don't hear in the tech world or wherever these worlds are. Why don't you grow a lot slower, slow down, be better for you. You can have a great lifestyle business for at least you understand this and start adding on slower to actually move faster. And if you can even squeeze out a little bit of profit, I think that you might sleep a lot better too. That's good advice, you know. I think that um, you have a you have a clear vision for for what you're doing. I think there's a need for this with a lot of companies. For me, it's it's a little early uh, 
And and you were, I commend you for being very candid and sharing on a personal level your journey, which shows your commitment to this. And there's no doubt in my mind after hearing you that that you are seriously committed to this. Um, Well, it's funny because while I understand the benefit Mm -hmm. to both sides of the platform, I just have trouble getting really excited about it and, and trouble seeing it become becoming a, a really large-scale company. So for that reason, I'm going to pass. But I, I really commend you on the journey that you've taken and your commitment to this business. It's been the most probably rewarding journey of my life, like yeah. highs and lows included. But that's what and founders then, do. That's yeah. a that's a founder depression is one of the biggest issues that, as Michael touched upon, that yeah. nobody talks about. It is constantly a roller coaster ride. You're up, you're down it 24-7, and it takes a toll on every part of you. And this is one of the biggest issues, period, in the entrepreneurial journey. It's not the fundraising. It's not the team. It's just keeping keeping you emotionally solid. I think that this needs to be built a bit. I think it's too early for me to tell you the truth. So um, I like you, and I would love to invest in something, but um, I'm not quite sure this is the right. At this time, this is not the right fit for me. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it a little slower, okay? Um, no need to rush. You're building this very organically right now and definitely improving the product. And maybe we'll see you again. Okay. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. All the investors passed on Culture Force. But after Ryan leaves, they have a lot to say about his story. I joined them in the room as they were finishing up. I think this is super, super important because I think that his ability to share the impact to his personal life is, is for people to learn right that this is a pitch? very difficult road. This yeah. is a very difficult road and not for the faint of heart. And he just brought it into very real, very yeah. real. Um, we were just mentioning in the back room how this felt like a pitch upside down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And if he would have flipped it, if he would have talked about... The vendors and his personal journey. He should have started, he with his, started personal. his personal journey. Talk about really. I mean, you wanted him to go straight for how? No, I would have come to the emotional connection to this. That for vendors, it's a very big diff. It's difficult. The payment. This is really something that they struggle with. So we put those two together and we created a platform, right? Okay. Now, Charles, you said uh, this whole thing of like vendors going through us because they don't have to worry about collecting payment. And you said that you wish Ryan would have said that earlier. Sure. What difference does 20 minutes in a pitch say? Like, it's the same information it's either so way. so hard. Like, I have this, th- like, if I don't get it, it's very hard to stay with the person. And I felt like Michael had a lot of good arguments about the merits of, like, culture building and, like, why, like, what things do contribute. And we spent so much time in that. I'm like, I actually don't understand why the business is interesting we haven't actually talked about the value to either side of the marketplace and i think the sooner you can do that the better you can the better you can make of the 45 minutes to an hour we have in this room right but then at 20 minutes in like it's not a lost cause like you still have time with the founder why then when you pivot and like try to you're like into lo- you're deep into lost cause territory i mean like you're halfway through like if it were a normal meeting in my office you would be i agree like it would that. have, it would have been so far. And I'm like, we don't have enough time yes. now. Yeah. So it's a momentum thing. It's a momentum thing, but it's also, I think, a skilled entrepreneur 
will figure out how to get to the point. Like there was no way he was going to win the argument with Michael. Right. Like it's a philosophical argument. And he should have known that. And Michael's got more ammo. Michael's built a 400 person company. He's got strong opinions on this. It's grounded in his experience. Like that's not a winnable argument as an entrepreneur. What was a winnable argument was he could have told us a lot more, but let me tell you about the actual value that I'm delivering for both sides of the marketplace. So in the end, Ryan had all the right elements of a good pitch. It's just that he delivered them in the wrong order. When we come back, we find out how Ryan took a sour experience in the pitch room and turned it into sweet, sweet money in the bank. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Producer Kareem Maddox caught up with Ryan Husk a few months after his pitch and found out that his seed round took a turn after he walked out of the room. So after after having some conversations with some investors, there were a few objections that we had. One was sort of, as as I think the investors on the pitch said, there were some questions about, is this scalable? How do you scale this? Can you show us that it is an event planning? And for me, I think it makes more sense. And you know, my investors agreed that let's have sound data behind that. Let's have a track record of you know one or two quarters. Let's have this built and make sure it's effective. And then let's go out and look and see about um, reopening the seed round and raising that. So you so you suspended that that round you were raising on the show. Yeah, yeah, we did. So how did you feel when you walked out of the pitch room that day? Um, I walked out and I was just like, honestly, I was kind of holding back tears. I was so embarrassed and so disappointed in myself and I felt like I had blown this huge opportunity and I was like, I was crushed. And I think in that moment, I was just like, I had this amazing shot and I, you know, I, I didn't meet my own expectations and I felt like I disappointed the people who believed in me and my investors. And, um, so it was really devastating walking out of there. It was really it was really, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a delicate flower in some ways. Like I'm, I'm definitely sensitive. Um, you know, it, I, it kind of went to an emotional place in the room that I didn't expect to begin with. And I've played over these conversations, you know, nonstop in my head. Like it, it's one of those things that I think I'm going to remember in vivid detail forever. And it went from this thing that was like really painful and hurtful to this thing that's actually really been valuable. They really helped us better define what we were doing in the value. And it was, um, it was amazing. It was, um, I mean, I still have nightmares about it, but um, <laughs> oh, yeah. just kidding. It was, well, I'm sorry about it was, that. 
No, no, no. It was, it was good. It was great. It was, um, sometimes you kind of need a kick in the butt to like get on track. And, you know, it was that for sure. We've met with, we met with a lot of investors. Um, and I hadn't gotten that same pushback or like, you know, that same tough love <laughs> that I got while I was there. I mean, it was kind of a little bit soul crushing. I was like, oh my God, like I, you know, you kind of imagine the worst case scenario. And I was like, I just, I think I just had a fight with Michael Hyatt on air. And (laughs) there's like no way to come back from that. Funny enough, Ryan actually took Michael's advice to slow down. Instead of raising a bunch of money from VCs, Ryan went back to his very first investors, angel investors, and asked them for a little bit more time and money to build the behind the scenes technology that would allow Culture Force to scale up and serve a lot more companies in the future. Those angel investors agreed and put in another $75,000 to the Culture Force cause. I said, you know, I want to build this platform and I think it's going to take, you know, a small amount. And they came back and they said, um, you know, we want to give you more. And I was very humbled um, because it's very rare that an investor gives you more than what you ask for. And so, yeah, it's all happened very fast and it's all been kind of amazing. And uh, I feel super like I'm really excited about what the future is going to be. I mean, there's it. it It just feels like we're about to open up a whole new opportunity where our time becomes invested in growing the business instead of executing on the bookings. So throughout the chaos of the last several months, it seems like Ryan is finally back on track. Now he can focus more on what he needs to get big, maybe even big enough for Michael Hyatt one day. Our show is hosted by me, Josh Muccio, produced by Kareem Maddox, Heather Rogers, and Molly Donahue. We are edited by Blythe Terrell. Theme music by The Musemaker, original compositions from Breakmaster Cylinder, Billy Libby, and The Musemaker. We were mixed by Enoch Kim. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch. And thank you to Amato Galoy for introducing us to today's founder. You can hear Amato pitch on the show back in episode 25, Rex. And this is our disclaimer, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. You can find more episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. You've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.